0: My guardian angel, intercede for me. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here. We just made that act of faith in the presence of God, presence of God specifically, perhaps we could say most especially, in the person of Jesus Christ, who's truly present in the Eucharist, in the tabernacle. And to be in the presence of Christ is a great opportunity. It's an opportunity always to learn and to grow. Christ tells us, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. He's the way and the truth and the life. So Lord, we ask you to open our hearts, open our minds, strengthen our wills to have an encounter with you in this time of prayer and in every time of prayer that is powerful, it's effective, it changes us, gives us a new horizon, a new perspective for life. You're the way and the truth and the life, the true life. St. John Paul II often used to say, quoting a passage from Vatican II, that Christ reveals man to man himself. Christ reveals man to man himself. Christ, the new Adam, in the very revelation of the mystery of the Father and of his love, fully reveals man to himself and brings to light his most high calling. What does that mean? It means he teaches us how to be human. And in your case, and in my case, he teaches us how to be men. Right? We need models. Human beings need models. And if you look at someone and their character and you ask, why is he the way he is? Well, you learn a lot by looking at their models. The people who were examples to them. This is why, you know, people end up generally being like their parents. And thank God, if we have good fathers, it's a great advantage in life. You have someone to look up to who you can model yourself after. Otherwise, it's difficult. And all sorts of people are just scrambling to find models. And so, you know, why are there so many influencers? Because people are lost. It's like, oh, how should I be? Let's go on TikTok or Insta and find an influencer to tell me how to be. That's pathetic. And so we're not lost, right? We're not lost. We have parents. We have role models, and we have Jesus Christ teaches how to be a man. Learn from me, Jesus says. Learn from me. He puts himself forward as an example. Love one another as I have loved you. And I think it's good you know, that we look in the gospel we see, what was Jesus like almost at your age? And in the ancient world, Jesus at 12 years old, which we'll see him in this passage, was a lot more mature than you are now. The Jews make their bar mitzvah at the age of 13. And that's like coming into maturity, manhood. Now it's mostly symbolic, but that <laughs> back then it was real. You were expected to be a man, to take wrong responsibility at the age of 13. And so when we see in the Gospel, our Lord at the age of 12, it's instructive, not just for 12-year-olds, but from 12 to 22 or whatever. You see what he was like. His parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover, and when he was 12 years old, they went up according to custom. And when the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it, but supposing him to be in the company, they went a day's journey, and they sought him among their kinsfolk and acquaintances. And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. So we see here, initiative, right? Our Lord... Obviously, this is part of the mystery of God's relationship with Mary and Joseph and Jesus' relationship with Mary and Joseph. I'm not telling you that you should bug out on your parents and run away for three days and have them look for you. But you should have some initiative. You shouldn't just do merely what you're told and then with the rest of your time do whatever you feel like doing. You should have initiative to do good things. You should take responsibility for your education, your culture, and your moral life. You can help more people already than you think. And when they saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been looking for you anxiously. And he said to them, How is it that you sought me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And Father's house is one translation, but apparently the Greek word is broader than that. It's more like, in my Father's business, right? Or concerned with my Father's things. And so we see in the Gospel, right, our Lord, as a young man, taking life seriously. And we know from other passages in the Gospel that it's not like our Lord didn't have fun or know how to enjoy himself. He knows the the games the kids play in the marketplace. People call him a glutton and a drunkard because he actually went to parties and ate and drank. And so our Lord wasn't, you know, a goody two-shoes who never had fun and was not joyful. But he was also aware, and even from a young age, that his life had a purpose, right? He's a mission. And that that was the central thing that gave unity and meaning to our Lord's life. My food is to do the will of my Father who sent me. Right? The kind of bread and butter of our Lord's character was that, right? Doing God's will. Taking it seriously. Being responsible. Serving, loving God and others. Didn't you know I should be about my father's business? And I think this is an important way to realize, Lord, that you're revealing to us what it means to be a man. To be a man is to be helpful. It's to be useful. It's to be of service. It's to be dependable. But we're not here for fun. We're not here just to pass the years away, just getting by. Entertaining ourselves, doing the least work possible. And Jesus wasn't there either. He's there to contribute to his Father's work, the work of redemption and the work of salvation and the work of saving people from sin and hell, giving meaning to life. At 12 years old, right, his life is already serious. And why? Well, because, you know, when you're seven, here's the thing. When you're seven, you can go to confession. Why can you go to confession when you're seven? Because you have the use of reason. You know the difference between right and wrong. Then when you're 12 or 13, why did they say, okay, now you're a man? Well, because now you can actually, with your body, do something, right? So you have a mind (laughs) that works more or less, and now your body can actually help or contribute. And so that means you're capable of being helpful, you're capable of being useful, and, and knowing what you're doing, and knowing why you're doing it, and then with your body connected to your mind, you can actually do something. You can help. You can do something serious. You can get a job, you can have chores. People should be able to depend on you. And so you shouldn't say, you know, what can I do? I'm only 16, or I'm only 17, or I'm only 18. And now people are saying, "Well, I'm only 22, I'm only 45, because there's a crisis of maturity and responsibility. What can I do? I'm only a teenager. You can do a lot. And you might think, well, what does it really matter, right? If I sit at home and play video games or if I get a job, Well yeah, it matters. Because what you don't do, what you don't take care of, someone else will have to do or take care of. The money that you don't make, your father has to give you, or your mother. The help you do around the house, if you don't do it, well then someone else has to do it. And and, And beyond that, right, I mean, I don't know, you can visit a nursing home, you could volunteer to tutor kids. I mean, with a little initiative and imagination, you, you can do a lot of good still being a teenager. But that's what we need. What's necessary here, Lord, to be like you, to be a man, to contribute, to be dependable, is a little imagination to see the ways that we can contribute be useful. A desire Right, a desire to actually help people and not to be so self centered, lazy. And then toughness, right? Not to give in to that laziness or that easy way out. There's nothing intrinsic to being a teenager which says you can't do something serious, you can't take on serious responsibility. So help us, help us not to fall into the trap of hedonism. Right. Sometimes when people say hedonism, you might think, Oh, that's someone who's like, you know, 800 pounds because they eat at McDonald's every day because they can't control themselves. Or, you know, that's someone who, uh, you know, is on drugs because they just love getting high. Or that's someone who's like addicted to sex or, you know, that's a hedonist. They're like, ah, they're crazy with pleasure. They're addicted. Ah. No, hedonism is, you know, it can be much more subtle than that. Hedonism is like that the driving motive in my life is something that gratifies me. And so what I'm really looking forward to or what I really plan my day around or what I really kind of, you know, motivates me is the next thing that's pleasing to me, pleasing to my senses, pleasing to my imagination, pleasing to my ego, right? That's somehow self-gratifying and this is a huge danger because it'll keep you you know it'll keep you super immature and that's what a that's what a child, that's what a baby is and this is why people never grow up because your parents are afraid that you're going to like your parents are afraid that you're going to rebel and end up as total losers and so what they do is they try to keep they try to keep you like entertained like oh let's make sure he doesn't go totally off the edge. So, yeah, play this for eight hours and not ten hours. Or, oh, he really likes, you know, Coca-Cola, so let's make sure he has plenty of that. At least he's not, you know, out there impregnating girls. Right? And so, yeah, your parents are probably all very good. These are parents in general these days. So they're afraid You know, they have to work too much. (laughs) And so the kid is there swiping the large screen TV at the age of two months. (laughs) Right? And so his whole life is based on like, huh, what's the next ice cream? What's the next? And then that just gets more and more mature. And then if you're not careful, you know, you're 25 You're addicted to pornography, you're afraid of talking to real girls, and you're and you're and you're basically excuse my French Lord. You're basically screwed. You got a real problem. And so that, you know, that slide, if you're not careful, if you're just like always looking for oh, what's most fun, what's most relaxing, what's most You're not a man right you're 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 a sophisticated animal you're an ape with a soul a soul that's like and so there has to be a switch right and this and the switch is hard because it feels like responsibility it is responsibility it feels like duty it is duty it's not easy you got to grow like moral muscles to resist temptation to, to stick to good commitments of prayer of work of responsibility for your own studies, of responsibility for your friends and for your family. That's a hard transition from, huh, give me more, huh, when we're we gonna have fun, huh, hot chocolate, huh. Don't get me wrong, that's fu- Again, it's all good, fun. Have as much, John Bosco used to say, have as, have as much fun as you want, stay in the state of grace. Absolutely. But interiorly, at some point, there's got to be a switch from receiving, right? Me, me, give me my entertainment, my rest, my reputation, my ego, right? Uh, uh To giving, right? What do people need? Am I dependable? Can they count on me? Can God count on you? Does your, can your family count on you? Because if they can't count on you now, well then, you know how's the church going to count on you later if you have a vocation or how's your wife and kids going to count on you later if you're called the family life like these are formative years for you guys a lot is at stake and I yeah I know you can turn it around later but it's a lot harder you guys are lucky Lord, keep us from boredom, right? Idleness is the devil's workshop. It's an old saying. St. Jose Maria said, it seems like the devil's just waiting for the first idle moment, right, to try to get us off track. And if we're bored, you know, we got, if we're bored, it's because we want to be bored, Why are you bored? Is it because there's nothing to do? Really? Is that right? There's not, you can't think of anything that's worth doing. I mean, really? There's always something to do. You just gotta be honest with yourself is that, you know, you just don't want to do that. There's plenty of good stuff to do. And we don't we don't do it, and therefore we're bored. We don't want to do it because we don't like it, or because it's too hard, or because we don't care enough. Like being bored comes from being self centered. Being bored actually comes from being boring. If you're bored, it's because you're. It, it also means you're a boring person because you don't have interest, because you don't have friends, because you, you don't have initiative. Right, if you're bored, it's your fault. Hey, I'm bored. But at least you can pray for people. You know, there's people in Mexico who are getting their heads cut off by cartels because of bored teenagers in the United States who create this huge market for drugs. Right? Now, maybe you play Fortnite or, I don't know, binge watch YouTube to cure your boredom and you don't do drugs. But wouldn't it be better to pray for the people getting their heads cut off or to pray for the cartel who are like agents of Satan on earth or to pray for the bored teenagers who are creating this market or, you know, pray for the child trafficking and the woman trafficking and the rape that is associated as a result of the, pornography industry which bored teenagers in this industry create a huge appetite for and bored men right life is not a game there's people suffering it the community of the saints you know prayer helps and so if we're bored it's because we don't you know because we're boring and we're self-centered we don't care And Jesus is twelve, and he's like, "Okay, let's go. It's time to start kicking some butt." Didn't you know I have to be about my father's business? And I'm a man on a mission, and that mission is ours, Lord. Thank you so much for for calling us to be Christians, because if we're aware of it, right, we realize that so much is at stake, right? My, we have to wake up. We have to wake up. Original sin causes us to turn in ourselves. We're, you know, we're always worried about ourselves. We're always thinking about ourselves. We're all concerned with ourselves. And baptism and the call to charity is like waking up out of a coma. This is real life. God loves me. Other people are lovable. I have these powers, and I have, I have this ability to enjoy things and to be with people and to have friendships and enjoy creation to love people love god right we wake up with with holiness the problem too is that now we have original sin plus like the matrix right tiktok youtube netflix it's like you know whatever you want it, you know, all that stuff okay fine in in moderation fine but it just feeds on our it, it, it feeds on what's already there, right? This turning interiorly to ourselves, this like desire just to take it easy and be entertained. And it exacerbates it. Now we live in these little worlds. And so to wake up now to, to life, to responsibility, to friendship, to helping people, to, to spreading the faith, right? Helping people to get to heaven is a little bit harder than it was when there was just like a cow in your backyard you know and there was like a, there was a church and there was a cow maybe there was like one girl in the village and you knew you were going to marry her from the time you were like six. so it wasn't like a big deal you know life was simpler back then and now you have to like do some more work right to get out of that coma but we but we can do it with our Lord's help this is what our Lord did How is it that you saw me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house, right, working, carrying out the mission? And they did not understand the saying which he spoke to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and he was obedient to them. And his mother kept all these things in her heart and Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature, strength, maturity, manliness. And in favor with God and man. Beautiful description of our Lord's life up into the public life. He's a a member of the family. He's a good son. He's obedient to Mary and Joseph. And he's God. And he increases in wisdom because he studies and he prays. And in stature, he grows physically. Our Lord was a craftsman. He was tough knew how to work. He knew how to work with his hands. He knew how to run the business. It was tough, practical. And at the same time, the Word of God, super wise. Lord, help us to do this, to flourish as men. The glory of God is man fully alive, St. Irenaeus said. The glory of God is man fully alive. Lord, help us to be fully alive because we pattern our life on you, that we have meaning in our life and we have some self control. We give ourselves, we take our responsibility, we have initiative, we know how to pray. We don't, you know, we know how to enjoy things, we like good things, but we don't become slaves to them. Right? We don't live this hedonistic life, we, we reject that. Our Lady, our Mother, you are our Mother, help us to be good sons of God the Father and good brothers of Jesus Christ.